Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. And those who heard him heard different things. And there was actually very few who actually heard and saw who Jesus was. The majority heard and saw what they thought they wanted to hear and see. But, but Peter had a revelation from the Lord. And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And actually very few people really hear what God is wanting to speak and say to us. In, even in times like this on a Sunday morning. And I believe God is going to speak to us this morning through Josh. So I'm taking that as a given this morning. Um, this man is such a blessing to us and to the body. And I want to pray, Lord, that this morning ears would be opened and hearts would be softened. Blind eyes will be touched by you today. Help us, Lord, to hear you for who you truly are. To, to hear what you are truly saying to us. Not to interpret it through our own value system, through our own belief system, but being humble enough to allow your Holy Spirit to teach us and to open our eyes to see you and what you want to say to us this morning. And I will pray a blessing over this man too. Thank you for him, Lord. May he know your joy and your pleasure in serving you today. Amen. Am I on? Rain is right about the water, by the way. I mean, there's like barely any left. So how are we all doing? All okay? The youth are now leaving. It's not going to be that bad, I promise. But um, Who else loved the worship this morning? I thought it was amazing. Thank you very much, team. So today we'll be starting a new series called The Parables of Jesus. And this will take place over the next few weeks. Um, and so, for those of you taking notes, today's title is, please work, no, Out with the Old, In with the New, a potentially contentious title, so stay with me for this. Um, today we're going to start with some questions, so you're going to put your hand up if the question applies to you, if that's okay, is that okay? Yes. Perfect. So question number one, who set a New Year's resolution this year? Okay. Who didn't set a New Year's resolution this year? Most of us, that's fine. And then the third option, who hates New Year's resolutions and doesn't want to be dictated to by a calendar and society of when we make a change? Lots of us. So I did make a few New Year's resolutions this year. Uh, some are going better than others. One that's not going quite so well is I said that every night I have work the next day, I would be asleep by 11 p.m. So far, I have managed it zero times. <laughs> um, so it's not going so well. And the necessity for this New Year's resolution was made really apparent to me when I had a conversation with my mum. So I just finished work on a Saturday, walked in the front door, I go into the lounge, say hello, try to be pleasant, you know, small talk and stuff. How are you? How's your day been? And she says to me, 
you look really tired. She's like, you've got massive dark circles under your eyes. You just look really worn out. And I thought, thanks, Mum. Thanks. And who knows, there's, there's times where people say things, but they mean something entirely different. So another example of this is men. When we say to a lady, what's wrong? And she says, I'm fine. <laughs> fine does not mean fine. Fine means walk away slowly, and thank God that we live in a country where firearms are not legal. <laughs> and so, to me, it was more like, boy, you look rough. Like, you need some sleep. But it didn't stop there. No, 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 it didn't stop there. She then proceeded to say, do you remember why you first grew your beard? So like, yes. So a bit of insight. When I started working at my current workplace, when I was 18, I grew a beard because I didn't want to be perceived as the young, new tennis coach. I wanted to look grown up. I thought, you know, if I grow a beard, I'll be taken more seriously. And so she said to me, do you remember why you grew your beard? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she said to me, I don't think you need that anymore to look older. <laughs> I was like, the one person in your life who's there, or two people, sorry, from birth, the whole way through your life. Are you supposed to build me up and make me feel better, right? Not say I look rough and look old. It's like, oh. Having said that, though, interestingly, this conversation did get me thinking. Conversation about my beard got me thinking. How there is a distinct difference between, excuse me, between growing up and being grown up. Ladies, you'll have more experience of this, that us as men, we have trouble with this. We probably don't really ever grow up. It doesn't matter if we're 8, 18, or 80. There are things that we will say, things that we will do, things that we will laugh about, and you stand there and think, really? Really? And this is quite apparent. So, if you look at this bottom picture, sorry, the, the picture on the left, bottom row, you will see a young primary school Josh sporting a fantastic side parting. And then into a year six leavers assembly, I think I was wearing my dad's suit, and I can't remember why, but apparently I was wearing a suit. And then to the Justin Bieber, Zac Efron, swept across hair at 13, looking fantastic. And initially, see, my mum said that photo was cute. To me, it just looks like I'm strangling the rabbit. But, you know. And then to Sick Fort Prom. So an older Josh, but still no beard. And now you get the current bearded version of Josh. So, I think there is a real difference between being a grown-up and growing up. And you can see this difference in Jesus' life. So, not much of the Gospels talk about Jesus' childhood. But if you turn to Luke chapter 2, you will find some of it there. So the first verse we're going to look at is Luke chapter 2, verse 40. Luke chapter 2, verse 40. And it says, And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. 
So in this verse, the word grow is referring to physiological growth, biological growth, the same growth that we have all gone through as children and teenagers. It happens unconsciously because we're alive, we're well, we grow. If you go to the end of the chapter, verse 52, this says, And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature, and in favor with God and man. Perfect. Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. So in this verse, grew means increased. It means growth that has happened consciously, growth that's happened intentionally. And so for any of you that have done the Accelerate course, you'll know that this verse features in one of the sessions. And I really, really love this verse and what it's talking about. It talks about growing in wisdom, so mentally, stature, physically, Favour with God, spiritually. Favour with man, relationally. Now, if we rearrange the order, you get, our, well, you get, our, you get rumps, apparently, because I put the order wrong. <laughs> Should say RPMs. <laughs> rumps. So for any of you that were here on the 8th, you would have received a sheet that Pastor Richard handed out, and it got you to score yourself 1 to 10 on these four areas. Now, I'm genuinely hoping that you were able to score yourselves highly on at least some of them. However, I am going to be working on the assumption that we probably didn't go 10, 10, 10, 10. It wasn't like the last week on Strictly where everyone gets the big 4-0 and they're like, woo! So I'm going to work on that assumption. So I think based on that assumption, all of us would love to grow. I think all of us would probably love to increase our scores. If you're at a five relationally, I'm sure you'd love to get to six, seven, eight, nine, and maybe even a 10. And that's why we're here right now, I think. We come to church to grow. We come to church to grow spiritually, to get closer to God, to know more of who he is. We come to church to grow relationally, to get to know each other better, to to go a bit deeper. One of the fundamental parts of growth is doing new things, is doing new things. So new things can be really, really great. It could be that one of your New Year's resolutions, or not New Year's resolutions, just a resolution based on the answers earlier, and it could be that you decide to do a 20-minute brisk walk three times a week, and it helps you to feel fitter, healthier, just better in your day-to-day activities. It could be that you read a new book, and this book enlightens you. It gives you a new perspective on an area that maybe you didn't have before. On the flip side of that, I don't think we always love new. Because new can also be uncomfortable. Out of our, I think new can stretch us. It can take us out of our comfort zone. So for example, can you just put your hand up if you were here to set up early today? Okay. How many of you parked in a pretty usual car parking spot that you typically always do? Right. How many of you, upon walking through the door, went to speak to the same few people or groups of people that you typically do every single Sunday? Your go-to people, you know, my people. Would you like your usual? <laughs> How many of you went to the cafe and you were met with the response of, would you like your usual? <laughs> and then how many of you came and sat down in a seat in an area of the church where you typically always sit? So, are we up for being challenged this morning? Yeah, we are. 
We up for being challenged this morning? Okay. If you're a visitor, you are exempt from this. Please don't feel like you have to do it. That's absolutely fine. The rest of you, however, I would like you to pick up your stuff. Pick up your stuff. Stand up and move seats. I love how we did the Christian pleasantries of, oh, hello, how are you? Yes, oh, yes, oh. let me give you a hug. So, some of you will be absolutely fine with what just happened, right? Some of you will be thinking, I don't sit here. This is not my chair. He's in my chair. Get out of my chair. That's my chair. Change new things aren't always comfortable. So, can you please turn with me slightly further on in Luke, to Luke chapter 5, verse 33. Luke chapter 5, verse 33. Thank you very much. So some background to this story is that Matthew, who was formerly known as Levi, has just become a disciple of Jesus. He's just given up his profession of being a tax collector. And so to celebrate this, he hosts a feast for Jesus, his disciples, and his tax collector, ex-colleague, friends, people. And during the feast, Jesus has an encounter with the Pharisees. Now, in a very typical Pharisee style, they have taken the Old Testament laws on eating and fasting and added rules upon rules upon rules upon rules to the point where they're now fasting twice a week, roughly twice a week. And it's thought that they were probably fasting on this day, on the day where Jesus and Matthew and the disciples and the tax collectors are having this feast. So, Luke 5, verse 33. Then they, the Pharisees, said to him, Jesus, why do the disciples of John fast often And make prayers, and likewise those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And he said to them, Excuse me, can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, then they will fast in those days. Now, bear in mind, fasting and praying is a spiritual discipline that in the Old Testament was done on special occasions special festivals like the Day of Atonement, or it was done to God, I'm going to give up something of my human you to my flesh because I want more of you. I want to go deeper with you. I want you to really show up in my life. And in this analogy, the bridegroom is Jesus, and Jesus is God on earth, right? So it could be read like this, verse 34. And he said to them, Can you make the friends of God fast while God is with them? But the days will come when God, Jesus, will be taken away from them. Then they will fast 
in those days. So Jesus is saying, if I'm physically with you, if God is physically with you, why do you need to fast? Why do you need to fast and pray? You don't need to ask me to show up. Like, I'm right here. I'm right here. It's like me sitting down here and saying, how are you doing, Kelly? I'm good, yeah. yeah, good, good. Have you seen Andrew recently? Yeah. yeah, I haven't. I might send him a text, you know, I really miss Andrew. I'd really love to be close to him and near him and be able to have a conversation with him. But he's right there, right? So why do I need to send him a text? Why do I need to do that when he's right there? So a follow-on question to that could be, why are they doing it? Why are they fasting and praying? Do they really want more of God in their life and to draw closer to him? Or are they doing it out of habit? Are they doing it because it's the old thing that they always do to keep up their righteous appearance? And Jesus doesn't just stop there. It's not just about fasting. He goes deeper. So if we continue from verse 36, it says, Then he spoke a parable to them. No one pizza... No one pizza? No one puts a piece... Tongue twister that. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new. For he says, the old is better. So he starts off by saying to them, you can't put an old, sorry, a new piece of cloth on an old one. So a small textile lesson for you. We buy our clothes nowadays pre-shrunk, I believe is the phrase. So manufacturers will put our clothes through a process which really tightly knits the fibers together, meaning when they're exposed to new elements, washed and so on, they're supposed to stay the same size. Now, if you put it in the tumble dryer for ages and ages, it's going to shrink. But generally, Steve agrees with that, it will stay the same. In that time, though, they didn't have this process. Therefore, if you were to attach a new piece of cloth to an old piece, firstly, it wouldn't match. It wouldn't go. How many of you would take a stripy jacket, and if you do, attach a spotty patch to it? No one mixes spikes, stripes and spots. And if you do, we can pray for you at the end. <laughs> and secondly, the new would shrink away. So when it's exposed to the elements, the fibers would shrink, and it would pull away from the old. So not only is the new now not fit for purpose, it actually makes the tear in the old worse. So what's Jesus trying to tell them? I'm doing a new thing. Don't try to patch up or hold on to the old things. Let go of it and follow me. How many times do we hear Jesus say that? Follow me. You can't fit me and my gospel into your traditional, legalistic, old ways of doing things. God is doing a new thing. It's me, I'm here, don't miss it. That's what he's saying. But again, he doesn't stop there. 
if we read verses 37 and 38 again. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So another history lesson for you. Wineskins at this time were made out of animal skin. It could be of goat skin, it could be made out of leather. And so wine would be poured into the wineskins to continue to ferment so that the flavor and the taste is a lot, lot better. Now, during fermentation, gases are produced, which would lead to the wineskin being stretched. And so it would become larger. So a new wineskin, a fresh wineskin, could expand as fermentation is happening because the skin is fresh, it's new, it's able to do that. But wineskins over time lose their ability to stretch. They become old, they become rigid, and they become fixed in their shape. So if you were to put new wine into an old, brittle wineskin, when fermentation happens, the wineskin would burst, like the verse says, the old wineskin is ruined, the new wine spilled everywhere. So what's Jesus trying to say to the Pharisees and John disciples here? He's saying, if you want to see a new thing, you have to be a new thing. If you want to do a new thing, you have to be a new thing. If you want to see new, you have to be new. Now, we have to say to God, look, here I am, God. I'm ready, however you want to use me. I want to be that new wineskin. I want to be that vessel that is able to be stretched, that's able to be filled and able to be stretched in the way that you want me to be. If we're to want the new wine and not desire the old, like verse 39 talked about, then there needs to be a transformation in us but luckily, that's exactly what Jesus came for. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. It's not a patch job. We are a new creation. It's a transformation. Like it says, the old is gone. It's not just hanging up somewhere. It's gone. The new has come. And it's also an ongoing transformation, though. It's, not, it's a one-time thing at the very beginning, but then it continues to happen. Paul talks about this in Philippians 3, verse 13. It says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. He's saying, I'm not there yet. I haven't completed it. I haven't got a 10 out of 10 for S on my RPM sheet. But one thing I do forgetting what is behind and straining, love that word, straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Being a new wineskin, that head to vessel, is about looking ahead to the new. It's about looking ahead to the new, not behind at the old. It's always being ready and open to the new things that God wants to do in and through our lives. It could be new dreams, new goals, 
new relationships, new convictions, new truths, new opportunities. He wants to give us all these new things. And not just in us, but through us too. So you imagine all the people that we could touch, all the people that we could influence if we're constantly being filled, if we're filled with Jesus' new wine, if we're not trying to do things the old way, we're saying, God, I want more of you. I want to do what you want for my life, for my area, for my family, for my church, in every area. So what's the point of a wineskin? What's its job? It's to be filled with wine, right? Now, it's left there for a while to ferment, to become how it is intended. Does it then sit there for, for forever? No. The whole point of a wineskin is to fill other vessels. So you imagine, every time we're filled, all the different vessels, all the different people, we would be able to pour out the new wine into as well. You think if we have new opportunities, new relationships, a new drive, a new desire, anything new, you imagine all the other people that benefit from that. It's not just us. It transforms us, but it's used in us and then through us. It's an ongoing thing. And I think God always wants to do more. However, God's wanting to do more is dependent on us being willing to receive more. We've already heard that this morning. So I want to ask you some questions. Are we ready for the new? Are we ready for the new? God wants to give us the new. Are we ready for it? Are we willing to let go of the old and our comfort? Are we willing to be stretched like a new wineskin? Are we willing to say to God, here I am, use me? Could I have the band up, please? So the band are going to play a song in just a minute. And I'm almost certain that most of you will have heard this song lots and lots of times before. Having said that, if you are in that place where you think, I want that new wine. God, I really want to feel new. I want you, I want you in me. Then I would really encourage you to sing these words like it's the first time. I would encourage you to sing these words as a prayer over your life. And maybe you're here right now and you've never had a relationship with Jesus. Well, like we read earlier, Jesus wants to make us a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. Then these words in this song, they're for you. Maybe you're sat here though and you've already been here in church your whole life. Maybe you've been here a long, long time. You've been a Christian a long time and you're sat there and you think, I just want the new. I just want more of you, God. I want you to work in and through my life. Then these words are for you as well. And maybe you have had a really close relationship with God. But at the moment, you feel like the old wineskin. You feel like, I'm doing the old things just because, because it's what I've always done. I go to church on a Sunday morning because it's what I've always done. 
I read my Bible because I know that's a good thing to do, rather than really desiring after new things. But that's okay too. New wine, sorry, old wineskins weren't just thrown out because you think you have to get a new animal skin every single time you were to create wine. Old wineskins can undertake a process where they're made to be like new again. The word new, when referring to a wineskin, doesn't just mean brand new, it also means fresh. It means an old wineskin can be made to be new again. If you put it in oil, you think of our skin, you put moisturizer on, to be, you put it in oil, it becomes like new. It regains its ability to be filled and to be stretched and to be used by God. These words are for you. So whenever you're ready, Ben. If you want to stop. Courage to do that. To change direction. To walk against the tide. But they saw that it was worth it. And I just want to encourage anyone here this morning who, who is, is seeing something of, of what God has for them but are nervous about it. I just encourage you to be courageous this morning. To say yes to him this morning. In whatever area Josh has highlighted, you want to move on with the Lord. Step out this morning. Come forward right now. Come forward right now. And for those of you who... Um, visiting or, or, or otherwise then then please stay for the cafe will be open encourage everyone that's you and and we'll we'll meet with you um, afterwards but just want to encourage everyone now who wants to to take a step change in their walk with God to come forward be courageous make a step right now to do that thank you father Sometimes God is, is looking for, for practical expressions of your desire. He'll, he'll touch that in more significant ways. When He often asks people to make a physical, do a physical action, to say something, to do something, to, to reach out. And I want to encourage people now. God's been speaking to us about moving forward in Him. And if you would like to do that, then step up now. Thank you, Lord. Can the prayer team come forward, please? And we'll pray for you. Bless you, Lord.